Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and this is the Gift of Gaming podcast. Welcome back to another episode, and this time on our very first birthday, we're covering the Game Awards 2023. It's me, it's your host, as always, Darren Wade, and today I'm joined by the console-hating, PC-playing, lore-seeking, full-time Canadian himself, Chris Robbins. Chris, how you keeping? Uh, a little on the tired side, but I think keeping you, well. You, you and me are the only ones who made it to actually do the episode, <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> we stayed up until, so what, GMT time, the Game Awards finished at, what, 4.30 in the morning? Yeah, and then I still had to get home and, you know, wind down, so, fuck, it was... Yeah. quite early before I went to bed. I mean, it was the first time I ever brought a thermos of coffee outside the apartment with me because I felt I needed it. In order to survive. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was it was long. It felt a little bit longer in the tooth uh, towards the end. I think it was just because I was so tired. But yeah, they were kind of just blasting us with nonstop world premieres. And I don't even know awards. where the length... Yeah, was that it? Like, where did the length come from? Because they were like... Because of last year's little incident, they were playing people off super quick and not giving them a lot of time. Yeah, well, I, it's it to me, it seemed like there was more premieres, or not even premieres, just announcements or trailers for things this time. I, I actually felt, and you know, we'll get into the whole show as a whole, but just from a, a, my initial thoughts, I actually felt that the awards section of it suffered. It was really just a suffered. showcase. Really. Yeah, it was just. It's like it was just another E three, essentially. You know what I mean in terms of? Mm-hmm. Can you really call yourself an award show? Because some of the big awards, like best multiplayer, best action game, they they were they, just rapid fire. They didn't even let the people talk. Yeah, come up and yeah. and and that's what I mean. Like you know, and I'm a big fan of Jeff Keighley, who presents the game awards and he puts a lot of work into it and he always talks. Oh, we do it for the developers and you know he does a big talk about that kind of stuff. But I was like, no, this was. It was just like a really long ad. This whole show was just a really long ad and it was nothing but like bam, bam, bam. Here's And don't get me wrong, some of the announcements and stuff that we got looked amazing. But I don't know, can you really call it a Game Award show? And, you know, we'll go to, you know, I won't spoil it now, we'll go through a bit by bit. But the guys who actually won Game of the Year, when they were giving their uh, speech to say thank you, one of the few people actually got up to make a speech, they were talking about how... Oh, you know, this is hugely important to us. You know, a couple of people on the team passed away while we were doing making the game in COVID. But they still got the whole, hey, we need to rush you off stage. So these guys were like getting into it and talking about like how important it was that they finished this game and they were kind of being played off still. And I was like, yeah, I'm sure we could have done without, you know, that like third anime game ad <laughs> yeah, being in exactly. it. And like, to hear what these guys had to say about the development of the game that won the, you know, the game of the year. So yeah, that was one of my, one of my gripes with it. It definitely didn't feel like it was focused on being an award show, which I think, you know, per developers. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so I thought for the episode, Chris, we'd go through the awards and who won and the various nominations. I don't have the content creators, esports ones written in. We can talk about the Evo one because that was a bit of a surprise because I don't know any of the other content creators. Mm-hmm. Um, but kind of talking about ones that, I mean, for the most part, I think I agreed with what won in certain sections, but there was definitely one or I two that I had a big... I yeah. that make me question whether or not, like, the, the validity of... Who's Somebody's voted for nominees, this. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we'll hit off the the show. I mean, for those who, who haven't uh, given it a watch, um, we'll break it down for you. We'll go through all the nominees um, and their winners. And then myself and Chris, we're kind of going through the list of announcements that were made during the show. And we'll kind of focus on ones that actually stuck out for us as opposed to talking about everything because there's way too many things to, to talk about. But we'll go through some of the announcements that were, were made and, and things that we, we enjoyed. But to kick it off, in no particular order, because I did not take them down in the order that they were uh, given in oh, the show. Really? Okay. Yeah, Because this was written down from when they provided the nominees on their website, it was given in this order. But on the show, 
they did it in a totally okay. totally random order so in no particular order i'll go for the first one um so the most anticipated game we have Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, Hades 2, Like a Dragon, Infinite Wealth, Star Wars Outlaws, and Tekken 8. And the winner for that one was Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. And I can't... Which is not shocking at no. all. I per, My personal anticipated game was Hades 2, but yeah. like, I'm not mad and I'm not surprised that Final Fantasy won just because, I mean... It's yeah, so it's Final Fantasy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just that, you know, it's just Pity Hades 2 is potentially coming out in the same year. Of course, you're not going to win most anticipated. Um, <laughs> but what we did see about Hades in the past looked amazing. So I am yeah. I am excited about that one. Uh, here's my first major gripe with any of the awards given. Best multiplayer. The nominees were Baldur's Gate 3, Diablo 4, Party Animals, Street Fighter 6, and Super Mario Bros. Wonders. Baldur's Gate 3 took best multiplayer. Shocking. I mean... Great game. Great game. I love the game. Not, but not a great multiplayer. Not a great multiplayer experience. No. Especially against like Party Animals and Street Fighter, which is built around multiplayer in mind. And then yeah. and Super Mario, Mario is, which is like always the, the best the couch multiplayer game. Yeah. And like, I mean, I've been playing it with um, Kev B on the on the podcast and uh, our mates Niall and Danny. We've been playing through it. And like, it's a, it's a proper multiplayer game. Baldur's Gate 3 is an amazing game and it's fun to do it with your mates, but it doesn't work perfectly well, either doing it locally or mm. online. It doesn't, the system doesn't work as great as you want it to. And how that came out on one best, like, it's an amazing game through and through and it achieves a lot of things uh, very, like, I mean, it does a lot of things very, very well. Multiplayer is not one of them. The crazy thing about Baldur's Gate 3 is multiplayer just makes me rather, like, wish I'd rather be playing um, D&D. Yeah. I'd much be prefer playing D&D than Baldur's Gate multiplayer. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, because it's like, it's you know, that one's janky, and just so can someone not just give me a pen and paper and I'll actually have a game <laughs> exactly. about it or and a game about D&D. we can actually laugh about these yeah. stupid things that are happening. So that was, that was one of the ones I had... Um, a big issue, but I think that was probably one of the worst ones award-wise that I was like, that's one of the things I definitely don't agree with. Um, I don't know if there's any sort of bias there. I don't know if, I'm, uh, you know, people were singing Larian's praises too much, but Baldur's Gate doesn't deserve to be there, in my opinion. The next one I have here is best sports slash racing game. And the options were um, FC24, which is EA's what, Football Club 24. It's uh, no longer FIFA. Uh, Formula One 2023, Forza Motorsport, Hot Wheels Unleashed 2, and The Crew Motorfest. Forza Motorsport won, won that one. Which... Not surprising to me at all. I haven't really played any of them. Um, Hot Wheels has been pretty well received. and I was, Yeah, I saw that. I thought that would have been a cool, interesting little winner in there, like a Hot Wheels game taking it. But yeah, Forza... Um... I think it's too... F- that'd be like... Mario Kart winning sports and racing. I think it's just too too cartoony. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, they do have they do have a, a best sim category as well. And I guess you know maybe Hot Wheels could win because it's not you're not you're not talking about a true simulator. You're just talking about maybe like a a good racing game. I yeah. suppose it might be up there. Mario Kart is a, is a good racing game, but yeah, something something pure like Forza. Um, I'm yeah. not. I don't. I don't mind that. I'm that also winning. not sure why sports and racing lumped together in the same category i feel at, like yeah, at this point they should be separated they i think year on year it's probably tough for them because this year there was a lot of you know car games racing. i mean you look at that list four of the five games in that are racing games i don't know if you get that every year do you know what i mean and this year we had a crew motorfest forza and hot wheels come out um all in the same year you don't get a forza game every year you do get a formula formula one game every year that's fair but i think to have four racing games in the category is probably rare enough mm-hmm. that maybe maybe they can't divide it but like like you said and we'll get into it there's there's a couple of um 
I wouldn't say dodgy categories, but there's a couple of, I, I don't think, well thought out categories. This being mm. one, and we'll get onto yeah. the indie one later on, which, you know, didn't, you know, yeah, a lot of people were complaining the, about. Some ironing there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the next one was best stream and, uh, sim and strategy. And this is funny because me and Andrew did an episode <laughs> a couple of weeks back on the. What I remember our, listening yeah, to this. Yeah, yeah. I actually kind of cringed a bit listening <laughs> and to you. And you were right to as well. Because yeah. we were talking about, oh, well, you know. We both played Cities and Skylines 1 and we loved it. And Cities and Skylines 2 had come out on PC. But I hadn't looked up any... And at that stage, I, like, at that stage, I'm not even sure if it was out yet. But I was looking at this being like, wow, if it's anything like the trailers and like the first game I played, I think with those that it's against, it has to win. So I'll put, I'll put down the, the, the ones that were in the category. The nominees were Advance Wars 2, Reboot Camp, Cities and Skylines 2, Company of Heroes, Fire Emblem Engage, and Pikmin 4. I mean, Andrew, we're certain it was Cities and Skylines 2 was a shoe in But it really... It's crap, apparently, yep, on PC. because it's only available on PC, and everyone is rev- review-bombed. I don't... Can you even call it a review-bomb when it's, you know, when it's founded? Yeah. yeah, like, because it's just unoptimized. You really need, like, some sort of NASA-level computer just to run the game. Which is which is crazy. So, yeah, that, that's gone absolutely uh, torn, to shreds, uh, torn to shreds. The winner of this one, after all, was Pikmin 4, which you called. Like, you know, we, we all... You... Like, when we sat down to watch it last night, it was you, me, um, Kev Purcell, KP, who will be forever known now in the podcast as KP, because having two Kevs is just too confusing for me. Yep. So we've got Kev and KP. And it can't be KB and KP. Oh, I, I was also doing, confusing. I was doing that for a while as a joke, <laughs> but then I actually found it quite difficult to, to keep up with that so it was you me kev uh, andrew and kp were here um till fucking half four in the morning watching the game awards but we all put our vote down and hats off to you and kev because both of you guys put in pikmin 4 which i thought there's was no best thought involved it's the only game i've heard that was actually yeah great. i mean look at that list advance wars 2 was slightly disappointing uh lazy company of heroes i can't imagine that winning anyway fire emblem engage was a bad game and then yeah you got pikmin 4 but pikmin 4 like it's just and and i think that's probably my smash brothers bias coming in because i do not like olimar or um whatever the other pikmin character is i think they're horrible characters playing the smash brothers so that's always kind of tainted my view of pikmin <laughs> okay, as a as a game enough. overall uh, yeah but pikmin 4 won with that one um the next one is, and this is another thing. Some of these categories where there was a pre-show last night. So the, the show started at half 12 and there was a pre-show for half an hour. And the pre-show had a couple of announcements and a couple of, of awards. But some of the awards that were announced in the pre-show, I didn't think belonged there. I thought they could have been put in the main show and made a bigger deal of. This one, maybe not so much, but they, we'll get to other ones. Um, Best Family Game. The nominees were Disney, Illusion Island, Party Animals, um, Pikmin 4, uh, Sonic Superstars and Super Mario Brothers Wonders, and it's it's no wonder <laughs> that Super Mario yeah. Brothers Wonders uh, took this one. Uh, for yeah, sure. it's it's like you said, no wonder at all. Um, I feel sorry for Sonic coming out on the same because that Sonic Superstars game looks really looks really good, good but it's just that's the throwback to the old ones. Right? It's like a Sonic like a, like a three D ish Sonic Mania that's four player. You know? Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. And yeah. Party Animals, like we played Party Animals beforehand. Yeah, uh, before the pre-show, and it was fun, but it definitely doesn't feel like a family game. Like no, you. and it's it's one of those things where I would love to pick up that every now and again and play. Like I mean, I was in stitches last night playing that. Some yeah. of the some of the stuff that happened was. I mean, I think my favorite the weapon in that game, boomerang. the boomerang, is my absolute <laughs> favorite weapon in that. Yeah, yeah. And for that long, I was playing it, being like, this is a this is a great game. But again, Super Mario Brothers Wonders, it's that that kind of co-op couch co-op pure couch co-op sit down and, and play the game as a family and, and mario wonders is at times an easier game so i think it's a bit more accessible for a lot of people but yeah I, to me I, that was when that category came up i said it's a hands down mario wonders mm-hmm. takes this one um our next one was best fighting game 
Um, and the uh, nominees were God of Rock, Mortal Kombat 1, and Nickelodeon All-Stars Brawl 2, Pocket Bravery, and Street Fighter 6. I think it was crazy that I was the one that was the most on the fence about this, despite being... As Street the, Fighter's biggest yeah, fan. Yeah, yeah. Street Fighter 6 was fantastic. It's my game, my personal game of the year. But like, I kind of thought Mortal Kombat was going to take this because it was... Uh, I had the recency bias, but aside from that, it was just reviewing better. And Mortal Kombat is always... Uh, don't shoot me if I'm wrong here, but I always thought of it as a bit more of a an accessible fighting game. Like more people are into Mortal Kombat than Street Fighter. Street okay. Fighter, you got to be a bit more like sweaty and competitive yeah. in order to break through. Whereas Mortal Kombat, you get that quick, haha, this is fun and hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then, like I mean, you were nervous about it, but Street Fighter Six, thankfully, won it. Yeah. I was, I was said this in the episode when me and Andrew were picking our choices when the nominees were released. When they read out this category, best fighting, Street Fighter Six was the last one to be read out. And while they were reading it, I was like, "Holy crap! Is Street Fighter not even in the <laughs> consideration?" But of course, it was in the consideration, and of course, it won. And I'm glad it won. So Street Fighter Six took that one, and I've got no complaints um, over that. I think KP was a little bit disappointed. KP's a Mortal Kombat guy through and through. Um, yeah. But to me, Street Fighter Six, the fact that they kind of that game was just you know reborn. You know, Street Fighter Six was a real. It, it you know, been fantastic to have Tekken Eight in there too. That would just like the, the the ultimate yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Clash yeah. of the Titans, man. And it would be interesting to see who would have taken. I mean, I haven't played. I mean, I played the the beta testing of of Tekken Eight, and it seems really really good. But I I don't know if it's you know I don't know if it'll be up there versus Street Fighter Six. And it'd be interesting to see next year. This next one as well. This this next one was one of them quick, you know, snapshot. Here's another announcement. Here's another award. We're not going to get anybody up to make a speech, but best RPG. Crazy. In a year that there was some serious RPG contenders that they didn't actually get people up to, you know, it was a real quick fire. Here's your nominees. Here's your winner. Moving on. And I kind of thought that was a bit disappointing. A part of me also thinks that the reason they didn't bring this up is because it was Baldur's Gate 3 again for anyone who's... Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so the nominees were Starfield, the only nomination Starfield got this year. I think yeah. uh, Starfield, Baldur's Gate 3, Final Fantasy 16, Lies of P, and Sea of Stars were our nominees. And so, Baldur's Gate 3, of course, took it. And the fact that they didn't bring anyone up might have been just a clue that like Baldur's Gate 3 won this again because they're not giving them that much stage time. It's like, holy fuck, these guys have already had so many speeches, so it's let's a, cut it, back there. It's so a, I wonder if... That's what, how they work some of it into their show. Back in 2017, though, uh, if my memory serves me correct, when Zelda won that game of the year, I think Zelda got the sweepstakes that year. Zelda mm -hmm. just walked away with so many trophies. But at that time, I think the show was a little bit more awards-orientated. And I remember, that's what I was laughing about, I remember the guys behind Zelda going up on stage again and again and again to pick up awards and make you know make their thanks and stuff like that. Um so yeah, I think it really has fallen to the wayside in terms of the yeah. actual celebrating the developers of the show. Because the same thing happened this year with Zelda as well. They won a, yeah, they won a couple of fire. They recall, won two, I think. Yeah, I I'll remember we'll calling it because um, they they announced Zelda as the winner, but it was another one of these rapid fires. I was like, holy fuck, they're not even going to give Zelda the time of day yeah. to go up there. And then I clued in, and it was like, oh, they have a bigger speech coming later on for. Yeah. A, Bit more for important. one of their other yeah yeah best game direction or whatever it was um so yeah like no no complaints over the winner but complaints over kind of how the awards were were being announced uh the next one was action adventure and the nominees were alan wake 2 spider-man 2 resident evil 4 remake uh star wars jedi survivor and zelda and the winner went to zelda and i think this was one of their ones that was kind of mentioned on the side as well and that's why we we're quite surprised being like crap zelda's won their first award and there's no yeah no no time for an announcement 
I mean, a tough, a tough category it, for me. Yeah, I think there was a bit of a mix-up. The idea that Final Fantasy sixteen was in the RPG category and not the action adventure category was a problem I had. It's because Final it's not, Fantasy's it's, always been an RPG, and now it's sixteen wasn't really a true RPG. Sixteen was an action adventure game was, with, with RPG elements. Was with yeah. how I'd be how I'd frame it. So I was disappointed that because I think it would have done better if it was in, in action adventure as opposed to RPG. Um, but yeah, Zelda, yeah, I, Zelda I took that the one. The whole on RPG idea. Like what we think of as a role playing game is now hit a new benchmark with Boulder's Gate. Like that All is time. true role playing. So yeah. I think we kind of have to revisit our definition of these. Exactly, games. and I think that's what I mean. Final Fantasy sixteen. You know, when you're looking at a Boulder's Gate three in that category, Final yeah. Fantasy sixteen doesn't really belong. In fact, I don't think thinking that based on my definition of an RPG, I don't think Final Fantasies have ever really because a role playing game is like something a role you create, right? And you dive into the fantasy. Their roles have always been set in stone. Like. I think a role-playing game it means that your your characters, characters, whoever you play as, are highly customizable in terms of how they play, I think was kind of maybe one of the older definitions, which the likes of the Final Fantasies uh, and Gone By, let's say like 10, for example, with the Sphere Grid and things like that, you could decide what your character True. would do. Yeah, so I think, okay. But again, like I said, that's for the older Final Fantasy games. Like newer Final Fantasy games don't, don't have that. They're very like 16 and 15. They're very much like these are the characters. There's not a whole lot you can do with them each one has their own so i don't know if you can consider them true rpgs and you know based off Baldur's gate now being as yeah. you said the new benchmark um so after after action adventure we had best action game uh we had armored core six fires rubicon dead island two ghost runner two hi-fi rush and remnant two um I was hoping it'd be Armored Core, and it was Armored Core. But I was yeah. actually surprised it was Armored Core because I was looking at that list uh, you know and kind of yeah. thought, you know, Remnant Two could have been. I feel the exact same way. I was hoping because I'm a big from uh, soft stand, but I didn't think it would actually win because Armored Core is Armored Core. It's just yeah fucking hard for a lot of people and they yeah yeah i mean I, I i look at i love that the name i love that it's come back i was we were only talking myself because andrew was here and you know um growing up together we we had like a, an old armored core in the playstation 2 and there was a gundam announcement at some point in the show and we, we talked about how we had a, an old gundam game as well not the kind of games that i'd go out and buy but that i have really fond memories of playing when we had them like bought them cheap in GameStop secondhand when we were just looking for something yeah. to play when we were a, a good deal younger and like oh my god this Gundam game is amazing or this Armored Core 3 whatever it might have been is amazing so I was delighted that Ar Armored Core 6 took that one you know I think my first Armored Core was actually PS1 without like thumbsticks and stuff like that oh man I don't know how we played without I, that kind uh, of it was stuff. definitely a tank or a mech game I don't know if uh yeah it was definitely uh, it was this one here the first yeah Armored Core the very first one yeah what year 97 97 yeah, good year good yeah. year it was seven yeah my buddy owned it and he never played it he's like i don't fucking get this game and i played it i didn't get it either but but it was fun God, i tried you know I mean? for hours yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's fun and, and the, i think the customizable aspect of the mechs and things like that was always a big yeah. pull for me when i was uh, a, a bit younger but yeah that won it and i was delighted and the next category was best v or or a or a game and the nominees were gran turismo 7 horizon call of the mountain uh humanity Resident Evil 8 VR and Synapse. I was disappointed with, slightly disappointed with who won this in, well, yeah, I think I, I from a personal perspective, Resident Evil 8 VR um, took the win on this one. But I was kind of hoping for VR's sake that Horizon Call of the Mountain could have taken it. Because I think VR, at the minute, the only things that exist in a good capacity, in a well-made capacity, are horror games. And I mean, they do transfer uh, that, well see, to VR. That you know what? We should even watch the Steam Fest when, or 
go through the Steam Fest nominees because like it's a completely different ball game over there. Like their options. I my personal vote this year on Steam was Gorilla Tag, which is you just never even heard of it. Like, yeah. Little baby gorillas and you're just playing tag. You're climbing through the trees and trying to like tag each other. That was my vote for VR game of the year this year. But like not even on the list. Yeah, because like, it's one of those niche kind of like and it's PC different. only games that, that don't get the attention that these but that's, games do. That's what I was kind of, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big Horizon shill anyway. I love the Horizon mm. games, but Horizon Call of the Mountain was kind of a different kind of VR game in that it was, you know, you're, it's Horizon, you're fighting against these, you know, big machines with your bow and arrow, but there's also like a cool like climbing, um, you know, aspect to it. Uh, game mechanic to it and I was kind of hoping for, for once not for once but like I love something a little bit different to take it but you know the last couple of VR games most successful VR games or most popular VR games have all been on the, of the horror genre which is cool don't get me wrong it's cool but I'd like to see a couple of extra just a few different kind of things up there and winning you know it's also such an obvious choice though like because you don't have to do much to make well sorry that's not true horror is very difficult to perfect but in VR, it just makes so much more sense because it's so much more immersive and you are going to scare people a more. lot more. Yeah, a lot so more. Yeah. just seems like an obvious choice. It's a good, it's a good that home. That racing. Yeah. Like action adventure, like you're just going to break every window in the house. I just yeah. don't understand <laughs> you're how this is fall over people, knock people out and stuff. Yeah. Um, the next category was best mobile game. The nominations were Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis, Hello Kitty Island Adventure, Honkai Star Rail, um, Monster Hunter Now, and Terra Nil. Um Honkai Star Rail. Honkai Star Rail. When I, I hadn't seen anything to do with that game until we watched the... I mean, my vote was on Ever Crisis. It was the only game I, on mobile that I played. But looking at the trailers and the, the details for Honkai Star Rail, I was like, that game actually looks like it's a lot of... The lot reason of this got my vote, because I haven't played it. I played Monster Hunter now. Um, I don't think it definitely definitely doesn't deserve like a game of the year. Um, or sorry, a win in this category. Mm-hmm. But Honkai Star Rail, I've seen people on Steam, like on my Steam list, that shows you what game they're playing. Yeah. And they'll be playing Honkai Star Rail. So if it's a mobile game, but people are still playing it on their PC it or must console still, or It whatever. must still be worth a shot. Like Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That people are going outside of it. And these next two categories are kind of the controversial ones. A lot of people, um, you know, in terms of the podcast, the YouTube um, content creators that I watch uh, who would be well into the game awards and stuff. This was the a kind of controversial category and controversial uh, nominees based on are they truly, do they truly belong in these categories? So the first one was best indie debut, which there's nothing, I think this one was a, a bit less controversial than the next one, but the ones in this one were Cocoon, Dredge, Pizza Tower, Venba and Viewfinder. And I guess the whole idea behind best indie debut is it's a, it's a studio making an indie game and it's their first game which is why you have indie debut uh, cocoon took it i had no complaints about that it's kind of where i had my my money on it i i was betting on pizza tower because i remember pizza tower was huge for a hot minute until i read the nominees for the next best uh, independent game yeah so the fact that cocoon was both best debut indie game and on the list for best independent game and pizza tower wasn't automatically disqualifies pizza tower from either of these qual or um either of these awards yeah potentially yeah Uh, and the other the other controversial thing i'll go through we'll go through the best independent games now we had cocoon was back in that one dave the diver which would be the controversial entry and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second um dredge sea of stars and viewfinder Dave the Diver, I mean, this is where we need to kind of iron out the definition of what exactly is an independent game. So that, and that's what I mean. And, and it's very clear to me that, that the, the Jeff Keighley and the guys behind the Game Awards made a distinction here. Whereas, 
you know, the first one isn't called best independent debut. It's best indie game. And indie, you know, indie as a as a phrase, that's what we associate with kind of, you know, Goose Game and all those kind of, you know, small time but very popular games. And this one they've called best independent game, which is, I guess, maybe where they're trying to make the, the thing. Because Dave the Diver is owned, the, 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 the team that it's, made Dave it, the Diver. It, it's, it's developed and published by Mint Rocket, which is a subsidiary of Nexon, which is Korean... Activision, yeah. essentially. So, like, tons of so money. So, Dave the Diver in this category is essentially the same as, like, Treyarch, which is a subsidiary of Activision, mm-hmm. making, a, a like, a small game that could look... Yeah, you look at it. Look, like, oh, oh, it looks, looks like, looks like in it, but it's, it's like, yeah, in they, terms of... They have big fucking yeah. Activision money behind them. Now, they saved themselves some hassle and some real controversy by Dave the Diver not winning it. Yep. And it actually went to Sea of Stars, which was an interesting choice when I think of... I mean, I've played a good deal of Sea of Stars and I haven't played Cocoon, but I've watched um, a lot of videos of content creators playing Cocoon. And to me, Cocoon seems like the... I haven't heard... I've heard all right things about Sea of Stars, but I haven't heard anything like "fuck this." No, game is great. it's it's and it, it appealed to a lot of um, it it appealed to me in a lot of ways because it's that kind of nostalgic. old school class it, nostalgic, and it's like a turn based, that top down pixelated um, RPG that you know I grew up on as a kid, and I was like, oh, this is great, but there's not. I'm a bit older now, and I've often said on the podcast that I'm big into games with a, a good narrative. And the narrative seems very, very vanilla, very beige. Just there's there's not a whole lot to it. So I was a bit disappointed in the game. But it took it instead of Cocoon, which, you know, I was surprised at. But, you know, congratulations to you, Stars. Now we get on to Best Community Support. Our nominees were Baldur's Gate 3, Cyberpunk 2077, uh, Phantom Liberty, or I guess just maybe the Cyberpunk 2077 series, Destiny 2, Final Fantasy 14, No Man's Sky. And Baldur's Gate 3 took this one. And that was another surprising one for Baldur's Gate 3. I, I, yeah, that's when I realized I actually have no idea what the qualifications for this category are. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what it means. So for me... I thought it was support for like which community is the most supportive to new players. And well, uh, or uh, I, the way I took it was which game is giving the community the best support. And on that note, I would have been down there for saying um, Destiny 2, Final Fantasy fourteen, or No Man's Sky. Cyberpunk 2077, it, you know, brought out a, um, a DLC this year and a patch to, to give you the game that you should have had two years ago. So I don't know if that would be considered best community support. I mean, part of me would, would consider that for No Man's Sky as well, but the likes of Destiny 2 and Final Fantasy fourteen are things that still have content being created. They're still taking on the community's feedback about, you know, what needs to be changed, what needs to be added or whatever, and they're still developing those games. Baldur's Gate 3 kind of had three years of early access that weren't this year. Do you know what I mean? The game came out this year, so you can't include those three years of early access where they're talking with the community mm-hmm. and developing the game. And it came out this year, and yeah, they've put in a few patches and things like that, but I'd be, I'm surprised that Baldur's Gate 3 took I, I'd be interested to actually read up on, on what the definition of this category is because, to me, Baldur's Gate 3 didn't fit it. But there you go, it's taken it. Uh, best ongoing game, um, Apex Legends, Cyberpunk 2077, uh, Final Fantasy XIV, Fortnite, and Genshin Impact. This one was quite funny because Luke was meant to come last night and watch the Game Awards with us, but unfortunately he got a dose of COVID. Um, so he was watching himself at home. And best ongoing game went to Cyberpunk 2077. And Luke has been playing that and finished it recently. It's shocking because there's so much Fortnite force down our face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. New fucking content that didn't make any sense. No. And like, to me again, 
ongoing game what because you brought out some DLC for it this year but like you know for players over Luke, Luke was shocked he, he, yeah. I, and he, he'd be a big cyberpunk fan you know he was, he, he's been telling me a lot to be like no you, need, you should give it a proper chance I know you didn't like how it was released he says but you should give it a proper chance but he was kind of saying on the chat last night even this morning when we were kind of talking about the show again he was like I, I still can't believe cyberpunk 2077 won that one I'm shocked uh Dead by Daylight didn't even make this list. They had a great year. They released uh, Alien and uh, Ripley. Yep. They got their Stranger Things license back. They released Nicolas Cage out of nowhere, just as a random survivor. Voiced by him. Fucking awesome lines in the game. Yep. And they just released Chucky, which is crazy. Yeah, and Apex Legends would still have the um, uh, Battle Passes. Again, I don't know if Battle Passes makes it, but the reason we, I was thinking Fortnite was... And we saw it kind of really come to life in the show is that there were so many ads because they had, we haven't talked about the games and we won't talk about the games that appear in the ads. I mean, check them out. They're just, they were already announced games, um, but there's had some extra new trailers during the ad breaks of the Game Awards. And on every single ad break, there was a new Fortnite thing. Found there, was, in Fortnite. there was like Lego Fortnite, Fortnite Racers, Fortnite Golf. Fortnite, whatever, and the, the banner that always got me, I was looking at this game and it looked to me like it could be a, a whole little game by itself. And in the top thing, it just had a banner saying, saying play it in Fortnite. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. Like, Fortnite, like, when it first came out, and I remember, I'll never forget back in the day when Infinity War for Marvel or Endgame had a trailer, like a brand new trailer, and they said, watch it in Fortnite. Like, it's going, like, it's going to be revealed in Fortnite. And you could drop down into the battle map into the open-air cinema section that was on the map back in the day. And you could land there. And you landed at a certain time and you looked at the screen and you waited. A trailer for you know, a movie came out and you just sat there and you watched it, which was like, it blew my mind at the time. And they're still, even it's now, so many years, yeah. yeah, even so many years later, they're still doing it. Like the game's got like a whole, le- it's got a whole Lego game inside of it. You can play golf inside of it. There's a whole racing game inside of it. And they're all, you know, very collaborative, you know, like the racing game is, is a, is crossed with Rocket League. Yep. You know, the Lego game is a whole Lego collaboration. So the fact that Cyberpunk 2077 won best ongoing when they've really only gotten their shit together this past year is boggles my mind. You know, and again, as Luke said, probably in our view, very undeserving of, of that award. Um, we had the next one, Games for Impact. Unfortunately, none of us had played these games and really have a good idea. But the Games for Impact nominees were uh, Space for the Unbound, Chants of Sonar, Goodbye Volcano High, Tachia, Terra Nil, and Venba. Venba uh, got my vote because it apparently it takes place in uh, Toronto. Yeah, you were so, saying it's a, yeah. like an Indian family comes to Canada back in the 1980s or something yeah. like that. Yeah, it's a cool. That one and the Chances Sonar I saw someone playing through, and that one is you kind of learn an entire language throughout the game, which is a cool concept to me as well. But uh, it actually went to Tachia, which is, I guess, um, I think it's kind of like a an Islander type, you know, cultural very good at like promoting the the culture of wherever so i never played it so, so i'm not sure but judging by the trailer i was like oh yeah that looks like a cute kind of kind of game but that one took that um the next one and this one was disappointing not in terms of well kind of in terms of who won it um innovation for accessibility was announced in the pre-show and the one thing that you know jeff Keighley and the game awards have said in previous years is it was like we're all about Innovation for accessibility, making games accessible for everybody. And then and rapid fire it in the rapid pre-show. Rapid fire it in the pre-show was kind of strange. So the nominees for that one were Diablo 4, Forza Motorsport, Hi-Fi Rush, Spider-Man 2, Mortal Kombat 1, and Street Fighter 6. And we all put our vote down for Street Fighter 6. We've all seen the videos. I think that, that had a lot to do with my influence. I was just like, man, it's fucking crazy. But also, like, they had a blind guy competing at Evo. They had blind tournaments, like... I thought that it was a shoe in for sure. Yeah, Forza Motorsport took that one. Yeah, makes which, me wonder. Like, I want to see what what, 
what innovations they have. I haven't had time to have. even like debrief over what I watched last night because I literally just went to sleep and came back oh, here yeah, to record. Yeah, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's been a long 24 hours, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm so, meant to check up and see what Forza has done. So if I were to put in any, any things for what I'd like to see um, in the Game Awards 2024, it would be that A, the actual awards have a bigger part in the show because it's getting smaller and smaller each year. And also that something like innovation, innovation for accessibility, which they really try and promote, that award should be given a space on the main stage and the, the developing team should be development team should be able to step up onto the stage and talk about how they came up with this and you know the teams that they or work with or at least when the they're announcing the nominees give us a brief like uh, screen like they do with movies you yeah. get a quick clip of the movie that yeah, yeah. And, and, and we can see see what, see like, what they've what, done what yeah. Out there. yeah so that was a little bit disappointing uh, best performance um, we had Ben Starr from Final Fantasy 16 Cameron Monaghan from Star Wars Jedi Survivor um, Idris Elba from Cyberpunk, uh, Melanie, Melanie Laborde from Alan Wake 2, uh, Neil Newborn from Baldur's Gate 3, and Jury uh, Lowenthal from Spider-Man 2. I was hoping and praying that Ben Starr from Final Fantasy 16 would win this. Final Fantasy 16 has been my was my game of the year for this year for sure, and his performances were out of this world. And I've been watching a lot of them throughout the year. Really nice dude, really easy going, but. All of you guys said last night, Darren, there's no fucking way Ben Starr yeah. wins this. We're, we're, it has we, to go to Neil Newborn for Baldur's Gate 3. He plays Asterion, who is a massive fan favorite and probably one of the best voice actors It's not even the fact that he, he is, because I didn't know he was the fan favorite. It's the fact that it's Baldur's Gate and the amount of VA talent in that game. It's huge. They had to pick one. one that was considered the best. There's no way he's losing. Yeah, yeah, a, a good point. And of course, he did go on and win it, which was mm-hmm. um, excellent. And again, best performance um, and, and good on them was a, was a, they got to come up and make a speech. It was one of the few awards where we had a speech being made and stuff. And he came on, it was that classic thing. Actually, we should talk about it. Oh, yeah, yeah, because he was introduced by. He was, uh, best performance was this was one of the aliens, and he was introduced by Christopher um, Judge. Christopher <laughs> Judge. Christopher Judge, who I have to say, what a moment, because um, last year when we watched, for anybody who doesn't know, hasn't listened to the podcast before about the early episodes we did a year ago. Um, but Christopher Judge, who used to play Tilk in Stargate SG-1 and voices um, the God of War, um, he came out last year and was, was awarded, you know, in fairness, a big moment for him, was awarded the best performance by Al Pacino, of all people. Like, I don't know how the Game Awards managed to get Al Pacino out there. But Christopher Judge came He'll on. He'll never be back. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Somebody get that man a seat. But he, he presented the award to Christopher Judge, and Christopher Judge made an eight-minute long No, eight speech. minutes and, like, 59 so it was seconds seven minutes, Seven minutes, 59 seconds. Yeah, I mean, it was eight, eight minutes. But I think in terms of uh, award things, his is up there, but one of, like, he holds the record for one of the long acceptance speeches made you know full stop but they tried to play him off at music last year but the music only went to kind of heighten his you know the speech he was giving you know he was like oh this this background music you know uh, and it was all a whole thing um it, it was a real cringe moment for me i almost couldn't watch the rest of the game I walked away. and the worst part about it was is that everybody else who went to make a speech got about 20 seconds before the the, the playoff music came on because christopher judge had taken up everybody else's time but hats off to the game awards and christopher judge because they knew and christopher judge himself in the last years obviously realized wow i really talked too much because they made a big whole thing about like stick to the script christopher uh don't take too long when you hear the music get off the stage and uh, it was all great and you know he, he wasn't doing anything controversial until well, his, his jab until yeah. his jab at Call of Duty my, oh my, my, God. S- my speech was longer than the 
last Call of Duty campaign. Oh, fuck. Another company I'm not going to work for. <laughs> I was like, Jesus. And I th- you could tell that wasn't on the script. You could tell that was all Christopher Judge. Do you know what I mean? Because, but I, you know, I was like, hats off. He's not wrong. I liked how they you know? panned to the Call of Duty guys, too. And they're just like. They were quite disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah they were quite disappointed. He has redeemed himself. Yeah, he me. has. Yeah. And I hope. I felt so bad because Craig um, has been a, was a massive fan of Tilk in Stargate. And. Um, didn't know the guy was Christopher Judge, and when he realized that the same guy was voicing God of War and was about to ex- to you know accept a, a trophy last year, he was like, "Amazing! I get to see Tilk in person accepting a video game award. What a day!" And then has never looked at him the same way. <laughs> has has said that because I made him watch the game awards, I ruined Christopher Judge and Tilk for him forever. So I, I would hope to maybe get Craig to watch this, and and it might redeem Christopher Judge for him as well because oh, last year was so cringe, and at least this year they they made a good laugh. Well, about we had it. a cringy one this year too, though. Oh, I mean, like we're all running, might as well talk. About about it um don't watch the anthony mackie section of the game awards because holy crap that was hard to watch he's like pretending people are like yelling Shouting at, him. at him he's like no you shut up no you shut up he like, was nobody's he was, saying anything. he was trying to do and that's what i mean like Keanu reeves came on and Keanu reeves is you know when when xbox were doing some announcement a couple of years ago for cyberpunk Keanu Reeves came onto the stage, and Keanu Reeves is is beloved by people across the board. Really, oh, I think when the it comes no, to them. you're beautiful moment. You're breathtaking. He did try to do that. He, didn't Anthony he? Mackie was trying to force that moment last night, and he kept like you know he some person might say something, he's like, no, shut up, you gotta keep quiet. And then someone might say something, he goes, no, I love you, no, I love you. And he, it was so much like he was trying to copy the no, your breathtaking Keanu Reeves moment. And oh, yeah, he just wouldn't, he just would not get off the stage. And like, listen, I'm a big Marvel fan. I'm a, I'm a big fan of his, um, his version of Falcon. Do you know what I mean? Uh, you know, and uh, I watched him come on stage last night, and I was like, oh my god, there is always one. We can never get through this this show without some well known actor coming out and making a total tosser of themselves and Anthony McAnee did it last night so don't watch that section not worth it um, we next go to best audio design and our nominees were Alan Wake 2 Dead Space Hi-Fi Rush Spider-Man 2 and Resident Evil 4 Remake and Chris you and me call this and I didn't think it would win but I'm glad it did Hi-Fi Rush mm-hmm. I was I was sure Alan Wake 2 based on people t- talking about how amazing the game was I had a feeling it could have won it or Dead Space because the horror game audio design tends to be of a much higher quality because that 360 surround sound and everything is what was what makes it so spooky. But Hi-Fi Rush, a game designed on sound. The whole game, the whole game. is the big... Well, I, I voted on Metal Hellsinger last year um, for this exact same reason, and it didn't win. So I was kind of like, ah, well, maybe they don't care about like the actual like game design around, or the gameplay design around the sound. But yeah. like, apparently this year they did. Uh, next, we got Best Adaptation. We have The Last of Us, uh, Super Mario World, Twisted Metal. Uh, and I can't remember what the other... Uh, those are the only three I've written down. There was uh, other ones. Castlevania? Okay. Castlevania, yeah. And there was one more. Doesn't matter anyway, didn't win it. Last of Us, of course, um, took that one. Uh, we were talking about it, and, and some of the guys last night figured that Super Mario, the Super Mario Brothers movie, would have taken it. Um, but I'm glad The Last of Us um, yep. did it, because The Last of Us is a phenomenal TV show. And very so so beautifully true to its original, um, yeah. the original game. Super Mario was good, and it's Mario. Uh, but Last of Us was perfect in its portrayal. Yeah. Absolutely. And again, you know, Pedro Pascal, the daddy of the internet, you know, I can't, the man yeah, can do no wrong. Yeah. Um, next, we've got Best Score in Music, and the nominees are Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Final Fantasy 16, Hi-Fi Rush, and Zelda. And I'm so glad, you know, Final Fantasy 16 was in a couple of, of categories this year that I didn't think it would have performed very strongly in. It didn't get nominated for Game of the Year, which is disappointing. But it did get nominated for Best Score and won Best Score. And I'm so glad because musically... I haven't even played it. 
Chris, it was sometimes, you know, I was playing that game and you'd be in these quite like high intensity fights or high intensity cutscenes. It's the first game in a long time that actually made, that has actually made me sit up and sit on the edge of my seat to continue playing because mm-hmm. everything got so intense, but intense in, a, in, a, in an incredible way because of the music alone was bringing the intensity. So yeah, the score of that classically uh, was very, very good. Final Fantasy is one of the few game franchises out there that I'll like active every now and then actively listen to soundtracks outside of playing the game mm-hmm. which is pretty rare like i mean i love game music but i'd rather i, sit I, down I think and... i think final fantasy final fantasy series across the board and anything with nobu matsu in it is kind of top tier game yeah. video game music across the board all right we're getting into the last couple of um, categories we had best art direction uh and we had anime 2 hi-fi rush lies of p uh super mario brothers wonders and zelda tears of the kingdom that went to anime 2 and this is where like anime 2 had a section of the show where it kind of Took it, these three awards that I'm about to announce now were all announced in a row, and I'll make two was kind of like, you know, I, I was looking at being like, crap, they could be in for winning game of the this year is, based on these awards. Yeah, they were just. I started questioning whether, because, yeah, you know what? I haven't played it, and I'm sure it is great, but I had never even heard any hype about it. Even when it was released, I don't know anyone who had played it. I didn't hear anything about it. it I was just like, how did it make so many awards? Yeah. And I like. I don't know. It feels like someone was padding somebody's pockets for this. <laughs> Possibly. I mean, best art direction I could understand. I've seen a couple of cutscenes for it, and it looks quite it looks quite interesting. Like I said, in in terms of the atmosphere it creates and everything. So I didn't mind that one. Uh, we we did then go to though the best narrative, and we've got Alan Wake two, Baldur's Gate three, Cyberpunk, Phantom Liberty, Final Fantasy sixteen, and Spider Man two. Alan Wake two also won best narrative, and I don't know. I haven't played Alan Wake 2. I remember playing Alan Wake 1 years ago, not being taken really by any aspect of it, narrative or gameplay. And disappointed that the likes of, I mean, Cyberpunk Phantom Liberty, from what I've heard, from what I've heard is a very good story, do you know what I mean? And a, quite a strong story. Final Fantasy 16, I think, is one of the strongest narratives in a Final Fantasy game of all time. I didn't think Spider-Man 2 would have been in there with much of a shot. Superhero stories tend to be, you know, unless you're talking Infinity War Endgame, your storyline is, is fairly standard and... I didn't think Spider-Man would have taken best narrative. So I'll make two, got it. Disappointing. I would have wanted, you know, Final Fantasy 16 there myself. That's a personal note, but there you go. Um, best game direction. I'll make two, Baldur's Gate 3. Um, Super Mario Brothers Wonders, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, and Spider-Man 2. And this one also went to Alan Wake 2. This is when they were cleaning up, Chris. Mm-hmm. And this is leading up to the actual Game of the Year award. And I was like, wow, geez, like, are they going to sneak up out of nowhere and, and take this? Um, I was dis- I was sad for Zelda that they didn't take this. I kind of thought it would have been a shoe in for Zelda. I think you talk about game direction, and I think they knew exactly what they were trying to do with Zelda, and I think they achieved that. And you, maybe you could say the same about Alan Wake 2, but with the amount of, of hype behind Zelda, it does surprise me that Zelda didn't pick up more in the, mm. in this game in, in the, like I mean it didn't win best art direction it didn't get best game direction Alan Wake 2 stole both of those and to me I'd be a bit disappointed that if I was the guys behind Zelda I think it deserved probably a bit more than it got leading us to finally the game of the year Chris we've got Alan Wake 2 Baldur's Gate 3 Spider-Man 2 Resident Evil 4 Super Mario Brothers Wonders and Zelda Tears of the Kingdom and we were kind of split we of course between Baldur's Gate Zelda 3 and Zelda and Baldur's Gate 3 yeah it's... and we always have been I think, I think the community as a whole was said it's kind of between those two and nobody else and uh, Baldur's Gate 3 took it. And I think still, deservedly so. Still Street Fighter 6 in my heart, though. And Final Fantasy <laughs> 16 for me, man. Yeah, that, those go. are the games. I mean, like if, when I think about what games I played this year, Final Fantasy 16 is the one that got me up and off my seat the most to keep like, this is a great game. But no, I have to, you know, Baldur's Gate 3, fantastic game. And 
Craig made a good point about why he thought Zelda would have, would always be deserving of it more so than Baldur's Gate 3 is that when Zelda came out, the game was perfect. There was no bugs. There was nothing broken in the game. It was, here's your game. We've been working on it for six years. Go and enjoy it. There's nothing wrong with it. Baldur's Gate 3 has had a lot of problems and a lot of patches, you know, patch fixes that need and patch fix, you know, patches that they still need to implement as well to fix some things in the game. So in that aspect, I would agree with Craig to say, well, it's a bit harsh that a game that is incomplete in some way can go ahead and win Game of the Year. But on another note, and we were talking about it last night, Baldur's Gate 3 is, is now the gold standard. Genre-defining gold standard for how you should deliver and you know provide a game to consumers. And it won it. And so here's I, a middle finger to all those lazy fucking developers out there who weren't yeah, putting it together. I actually read an interesting article uh, when I was going over the independent games um, that Baldur's Gate should technically uh, qualify as an independent game over um, Dave the Dave Diver. The Diver. Yeah, because yeah, it is Studios like a self-published, self-developed uh, yeah. studio. Like, yeah. I, Which would be amazing. Yeah, they're going up against these like super giants like Nintendo and they're just like, yeah, this is the gold standard I mean, now, bitch. Like Alan Wake 2, they're going up against Spider-Man. You're talking about Insomniac and Marvel. Resident Evil as a series is unbelievable. You're talking about Nintendo for Super Mario Bros. Wonders and Nintendo for Zelda Tears of the Kingdom and Baldur's Gate 3 still. Still beat at, beat at all those guys, you know. Uh, we did yeah. an episode, myself, Craig and um, Luke, about you know who we thought had the best year overall and we kind of i mean luke's still stuck with xbox the guy always will of course but i he, craig managed to convince me to say nintendo as opposed to playstation because nintendo had a year at the end of the switch's life cycle where they brought out a brand new 2d mario platformer game and a brand new zelda both are excellent excellent games and that Baldur's gate still came out and managed to beat either of those yeah. both of those two what is it. that saying the uh the candle flickers brightest before it goes out or something it? Yeah, well, that's that's a nice name for the Switch, actually, because, I mean, that, that it is. It's like it's kind of getting a, a nice little swung song on, on its yeah. exit. And like I said, in its, I mean, as we say last year, I think a lot of people do believe that the Switch 2 will be announced next year. And if that is the case, in Switch's final year being considered the only Switch hardware out there, it has two games nominated for Game of the Year. So, I mean, hats off to Nintendo to actually yeah. get it up there. Uh, so th those were all the nominations and that, you know, the, the, the awards as a, as a whole. Again, I kind of put it out there that I think they need to go a bit more heavy focused on the award side of things. I love the announcements, which we're going to go through a couple of them now before we finish up the episode. Uh, but before I do that, uh, I've totted up the marks from our guesses of who would win uh, each category uh, from all of us who watched it here last night. And Chris, congratulations, you won on 13, followed by Andy on 10 correct guesses, Kev on 9, me on 8, and KP on 6. So nicely done, Chris. Uh, so now on to the um, announcements, and uh, we'll kick it off with what came out first on the pre-show. We had uh, Brothers Remake. Uh, we had Pony Island 2. Panda Circus, which we watched yeah. the trailer for as you got here, because you missed. Yeah, that I had a, I had to run home and grab something, so I missed the first couple trailers. Uh, and this is made by the guys of Inscription, which yeah. I've had just played recently. I think it's one of the games I broke my Steam Deck in with. Um, nice, fantastic game, and this is very much the same creepy vibe. So I'm into that. Yeah, look great, looked mental, and like the trailer is incredibly intense as well in yeah. terms of it. It looked mad. It kind of I was it, one of those games. I'm like, oh. I'm I don't know what that is, but I'm intrigued <laughs> by it, you know. Uh, we then go for um, The Rise of the Golden Idol, uh, Usual June, um, and then Arc Knight Enfield. Arc Knight Enfield was one of like three or four super anime game announcements that I'm like, I, I, I couldn't tell the difference between any of those, but like there was a couple <laughs> of them being announced. Uh, then we had uh, The Machinist Kung Fu, I think it was called. 
uh, Warhammer Rogue Trader um, really had, I think it was, there was two Warhammer games announced, but I think it was Warhammer Rogue Trader had Kev especially into it, because I think Kev recently played through XCOM, and like myself, the two of us are big into those strategy games, and Warhammer is just like a top-down, the Rogue Trader top-down strategy, oh, like XCOM, oh, yeah, yeah, looked, looked very, very good, I have to say, so that'll be one that, I mean, Warhammer I wasn't into when I was younger, but I could see myself getting into that game for sure. Yeah, I would love to get into Warhammer, and I think it's just going to be more and more popular over the next couple of years because I think Henry Cavill is like set to, to produce it. the yeah. new Warhammer series. And the, or whatever. there was a movie. Was there a Warhammer movie? Is that, yeah, it? yeah, I think that was actually quite, like well enough received, or a TV show or something like that. It was quite well received. Um, moving on from that, we had Assassin's Creed Nexus. Um, looked eh, okay. I haven't cared about Assassin's yeah, Creed. Since exactly, I it's, just, it's just another Assassin's Creed yeah. game. Um, the next one was Harmonium the Musical, which was actually um, this one looked cute. It was really cute. Yeah, I think it's it's a it's um, a game developed by and for people who are deaf. So the whole game has signing in it, and it's it's a musical. So I'm quite interested in terms of how um, if you were someone who was hard of hearing or or deaf would play this game, like the enjoyment you get out of it. I thought it looked incredible and a nice mm. nice touch, a nice idea. Um, after that we ha- oh and after that one we had uh, wind wind blown wind blown didn't know this was coming one of the I'm highlights so excited and I can't believe it was a pre-show announcement you know what I mean yeah. like because th- there wasn't a whole lot of um, you know uh, theater around the pre-show announcements but wind blown from the creators of Dead Cell and which is looks- crazy because like, I don't know if. I'm a big Dead Cells fan, but I don't even know if they've created anything ever since. They've just been pumping all their time into more and more more Dead content. Cells yeah, because they, they did a Castlevania crossover for Dead yep. Cells recently enough as well. Yep. So this is a brand new game by them, Windblown. Uh, stylistically amazing. The animation looks class, and it seems to be a bit more of it's kind of like a top-down uh, roguelike as opposed to that side-scrolling that Dead Cells had before. And but three it, player, I think three player, it and it looks very cinematic as well. Like that, mm-hmm. the, the movement of your characters between scenes where you're fighting enemies just looks and feels amazing. So, um, yeah, Windblown uh, 2024 was the. I think we only. I don't think we got a release date. We just got the you know coming 2024. Uh, that looks amazing and and well worth a shout. After that, we got Thrasher from the creator of Thumber. Um, that old game that came out in this looked mental too 2020 or 2014 or something like that Thumper was or even maybe even earlier uh, but kind of like a rhythm style game that, I it, thought it looked like Geometry Wars yeah, but you guys it, said it was a rhythm game well like, I mean okay. I, 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 the guy who created Thrasher Thrasher is a pure or Thumper is a pure rhythm game I assume Thrasher is going to be something similar I can't imagine that you deviate too much from what was a really strong game previously but it looked the trailer didn't do a whole lot for me I have to say, yeah, I didn't, I wasn't too too keen on that. Uh, after that, we had Persona Three Remake, um, which I mean looks great for people like Craig. That'll be class. I don't think Craig played the older ones, but they they've pretty much made Persona Three. The, re- the remake looks like it's Persona f- like Persona Five quality. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It looks like that the animation looks class, and this I don't know if there's new voice acting or if they've just you know um, cl- cleaned up the voice acting, and then the game just looks like it's a modern day. I think this one was Persona Xbox 5. only though, wasn't it? Um, good question. I'd be surprised if it was. Persona that, that that doesn't strike me as a move Atlas would make. Atlas has always been kind of across everything. Like Persona Five, you can play on Switch, mm. PlayStation, Xbox. I mean, maybe it's locked. Maybe it's console exclusive for the first year or something like that. I, I can't remember from the trailer itself. But uh, the one there is one that is the Hideo Kojima game that we'll get to is Xbox only, which I was a bit. Uh, I mean, I don't know if I'd play that game, but disappointed that um it wasn't for everybody. Uh, the next one we got was, and this this was we all got a, pretty excited by this was the Dave the Diver Dredge DLC, yeah, yeah. which actually looks like it's a lot of fun. Like, what a great crossover! Two games very similar in style that came out around the exact same time, and they said, "Hey, why don't we just do a little little crossover? Looks great." 
And then uh, we got World of Goo 2, which I thought was going to be a new Loco Roco. Kind of had those vibes, but it's a different group altogether. And then ended on Metaphor, which was, again, a, a Persona-like looking game from the creators of Persona. Um, but again, oh, didn't, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I didn't, remember this one. Didn't do a whole lot for me. So those were the pre-show announcements. I mean, a couple of good ones in there. But then we got to the main show. And the first one they opened with uh, is a game called Exodus. And it's from the former developers of Bioware. So you're talking about developers who made... Mass Effect when Mass Effect was good. Uh, and Exodus looks amazing. It's about, you know, we saw the cut and it's pure cutscene. We didn't see any gameplay. It's just an announcement trailer. Uh, but judging by the cutscene, I was I was pretty excited. I think if anybody's looking for at this massive list of announcements, if there's anything you think you should watch, I think check out the trailer for Exodus. I thought it was fantastic. Another great space game. It looks like coming our way. Uh, then there was the, I suppose one of the big announcements was the God of War DLC. We, we spoke about it on the news that there was a God of War DLC supposedly uh, earmarked for the Game Awards. And they Not only DLC, but free D- DLC. Out in like four days, out yeah. on Monday. You know, we're recording this on Friday. This is going to be released on Friday. And four days from now, I'll be able to download for free what looks to be a fairly substantial DLC for God of War. I, can't I don't think it'll free. be substantial. I think it's uh, based on some of the dialogue. I think it's just going to be like a little roguelike side I don't I don't option. think it's I don't think it's roguelike I, I know what you're saying because he died and he woke up and he's like he's, I, no so and, and, and the and, voice and was like yeah that won't be the first time that Mimir goes let's go again yeah. I think it's just how because it's going to be I think it's just God of War and God of War isn't, isn't roguelike in any way I think it's going to be the same game I think it's I think it's the God of War I keep forgetting what his name is Atreus is his son Kratos Kratos thank yeah. you I think it's what Kratos does post end game of God of War 2 or God of War Ragnarok I won't spoil anything for what happened for for anybody who hasn't played God of War Ragnarok um, but I think it's just the you know him directly after the events at the end of uh, God of War Ragnarok is, is what he's doing and I don't think it's a roguelike to me it looks like it's the exact same game just extra because it looks like he's wearing all the different kind of armor sets that you could get previously and stuff like that so I think it's just more God of War but for free I can't get over that I, like, I don't know because it is Valhalla which is what Viking heaven? True, so I true. Think he's actually, just yeah. going to be in a death loop. He's just, just gonna get every time he dies, you got to restart. I'm I think just it's, I think they're going to try to tie in a rogue. Like I have no idea though. Um, Interesting. Just, well, we'll watch this it's purely we'll, based on. The we'll find out Monday, trailer. Chris. I'll yeah. download it on Monday and let you know. Like, yeah, you know. there you go. Um, after that, we had and this. This was like this. I mean, we, we all after this one. The next one that was announced was from the creators of uh, the Untitled Goose Game, and it's called Big Walk. Oh my God! Does this look amazing? It looks so out there. And just so yeah. funny. So, and it, like, it looks like a this good This would be a good one to sit down with like four of us and just, and just get have a laugh silly. with. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's when one we're checking out. Then we had um, Kimikuri, I think was the name of the game, um, from an independent studio. The, the girl, she was on the Game Awards last year. She came out to announce it. Very bubbly. She's super, yeah, she's super energetic. You know, she's yeah. very, very, as you said, yeah, very bubbly, very funny. Uh, but we only, and the animation in the trailer looks amazing, but we got no gameplay. Yeah, I just want a show, honestly. I wish she would just make shows like that. Yeah, yeah, it looked, looked amazing. Uh, then we got No Rest for the Wicked from the guys behind, is No Rest for the Wicked the Ori team? Oh, is this the pirate one? Yeah, I think so. No Rest for the Wicked with the pirate kind of top down looking one from the guys. Yeah, this Ori. one looked kind of cool. I don't really... I couldn't make sense of what I was looking at, like if it was gameplay or trailer. Like it was very mixed about the graphics for what looked like clearly gameplay looked very impressive. Like mm. I, I think the 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 changeover between cutscene and gameplay seemed to be minimal, which is quite cool as a concept. Then we got a really um, surprising one: uh, the Sega remake collection kind of came out. And they blasted out like five 
remake games yeah, that include and it's shit. how it started out with just like the two live action actors and just like the skateboard that's a crazy taxi it was like oh shit this is a crazy taxi and then a panda like shit yeah, like, cabinet which was like golden axe oh yeah, yeah shinobi they had and i was like the, what is this trying to reference and when when i saw the arcade machine i thought it was going to be like another sega collection like you could play all the old which games is essentially it is but it's a a remake, re- of, a remastering of refreshing. Of I all don't the even games. know if you Whereas, could call those remasters. I think they're like remakes sh- because yeah. Golden Axe looks like a totally different game. Shinobi has, as I mean, it's gotten a complete glow up and it looks totally different to what it originally yeah. did. Crazy Taxi looks good, but there's police in it now. I mean, I I, I only played. I was at a, which I'll throw into a different episode of the podcast when we have more time. But um, Crazy Taxi was something that I played recently at a at a a showcase thing in, in the science museum over in the UK and I was like oh yeah what a great game but there's no police or anything like that you just pick up passengers drop them off the trailer had like police chasing after you in a crazy taxi kind of has a GTA feel about it as well so yeah I think they've remastered um, a lot of these afterwards with with those remakes we got Dragon Ball Sparkling Zero which Sparking Zero Sparking Zero yeah uh, yeah it's just um, it looks like uh, not a predecessor but um, a successor to uh, the old Budokai Takanichi games, mm-hmm. which I'm stoked about. Those are fun games. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, after that, we got Vision of Mana, which looked kind of cool. I don't yeah, know. I remember being the first one to call this. The moment yeah. I saw the tree, I was like, oh, this is a mana game. Mana, yeah. Hats off to you. The rest of us were like, oh, no, is it this? Is it that? Yeah, you called it straight away. Um, then we got, uh, oh, yeah. Then we got the whole Hideo Kojima stepping out onto stage. Uh, and then, you know, we got to see the trailer, the sneak peek of his game, which appears to be a horror game, face-up, but, like, again, he's got big actors doing bits. Did and then see behold, any gameplay? It was just that girl yelling no, at us, so, and, and this is, this is the problem with Hideo Kojima. And then Jordan Peele Jordan comes Peele out. Jordan Peele comes out, yeah. because he's, he's working on it with Jordan Peele, who's now the name behind horror movies. Um, and it seems to be, uh, as as Hideo Kojima put it himself, like he did when Death Stranding came out, because, you know, Death Stranding, he, he they asked, what's the genre of Death Stranding? He's like, oh, this is a Strand-type game. So the dude's coming up with fucking genres all by himself, you know? And in this one, he said it is a brand new form of media, um, which, of course, he would. But I'm interested to see what it is, what it actually is. Because you just got close-ups of actors' faces kind of saying poems and each one getting more and more scared as the as the trailer went on. And that was it. We didn't see gameplay. I didn't see anything. But I don't even know if it'll be a, a game in a video game sense other than maybe like an interactive or a, like a movie-style experience. An AI that just watches you and yells at you. Yeah. You have dishes to clean. <laughs> uh, then we got... Oh, after that one, we got Jurassic Park Survival. Which actually looks like it could be okay. Yeah, this one actually looked dope. I forgot about this one. Yeah, uh, we got a really cool kind of uh, CGI trailer where the character was kind of hitting up all the beats from the original Jurassic Park film, yep. like in the kitchen, getting chased by the raptors. Um, no, you know, no, she was getting chased by the... Oh, the acid, the Dilophosaurus, Dilofa, whatever it is. The acid, the one that throws acid at your face. Yeah. Uh, she's getting chased by one of them, but it had, like, she was in the kitchen. Uh, she was, but the two cars with Alan Grant when the Jurassic, when the T-Rex comes out. So she was hitting up all those places, but it seems to be a standalone story. Uh, first person, it looked like, kind of. But she must have been there on the island at the same if if they're going i mean it did show alan grant's hat so it looks like she's there canonically i guess yeah like after like she's in each place after the fact of the you know alan grant and the team um after that we got this is one of the things rocket racing i thought was a brand new game but again it was one of those games that had in the top corner played in Fortnite. like what a time to be alive with video games when you can do all that yeah Fortnite is just going to be the new like game client it's just a hope you just yeah, go into there to play hope. the games you want then we got um uh uh wukong black myth yeah which we've been hearing about for years so. yeah look cool um ready or not which i can't even remember uh it's just the 
get the fuck out one. GTFO, oh yes, it is. Which yes. had been out for. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the one. Yeah, again, I didn't do a whole lot for me. Um, this next one though, the guy came out to announce it. He, I think he did voice acting in Assassin's Creed. Quite a touching moment. He talked about how since he'd done father, voice acting, yeah. his father passed away recently, but he was still. You know, I think his father was very supportive and playing or, you know, playing video games and, you know, doing voice acting and stuff like that. But he has a studio that has brought out a new game called uh, Tales of Kenzala, Zao, I think is what it's called, about the dealing with grief of losing family, which and it looked, you know, art style, everything looked great, looked like a very exciting game, actually, in terms of the um, thing. So that that was a nice touching moment as well. Then we got Lost Records, Bloom and Rage. Again, I think that was one of them. Uh, weird anime ones. I th- yeah, no, no. It was the kid staying over the pit. It oh, yeah. Like, I thought it was going to be a quarry DLC or something, but... It didn't look... It, it, I think it's just going to be one of those games for Impact or something. Yeah, we, we looked at that and we kind of said we have no idea what that game is. Yeah. Like, and, and not, not in a good way that we're intrigued by the trailer, but in a, that didn't tell us anything. One of those choose your story things, I think. Yeah, potentially. Uh, then we got Last Sentinel, which is that cool looking one in kind of samurai esque times, but everybody's robots. And oh, yeah. that, then the trade of the family is being protected, and they're waiting on, like, oh no, the ninja is coming, and it turns, to be, it turns out to be another robot. But it the looks, demon's coming. Demon's coming, yeah. yeah. It turns out to be another kind of like female character, but she's half cyborg and stuff. So yeah, that looks like a cool, again, no gameplay, just a really deadly looking trailer, but we've been bitten by that kind of stuff before. Uh, the First Descendant, um, which was kind of like a mix between. Death Stranding and like Mass Effect kind of stuff. Again, it looked, you said that the gameplay looked deadly because you could like glide across the water and stuff with that while that big monster was If that was cliffs. gameplay, it looked yeah. fucking awesome. There was a lot of it that looked like it could be really, really Almost good. like Armored Core-ish, like the way she was gliding Moving. and still like facing the, the yeah. giant monster. That's like, that's in for 2024 at some point. And then we got Zenless Zone Zero, another one of them anime ones. There's so many of them, man. Why so many. Why would you give your game an acronym of? Z- just ZZZ like, Z. yeah yeah uh, Den of Wolves looked okay I think I can't really remember if it's Den of Wolves was yeah I mean it goes through, yeah, I kind don't of, think we and like, and then, so, so this is, we're getting to the trailers towards the end of the show when we're all obviously incredibly tired like and this, this is like the 3am to 4am <laughs> trailer batch when we're pretty much done um, Exoborn which looked okay again another one of them kind of futuristic looking ones um, then we got, you know, your man came out from, we got a whole thing about No Man's Sky and the guy from No Man's Sky came out and said, hey, look, myself and this team of 12 have been working on this new game called Light No Fire. And that trailer looked hype. Ooh, that yeah. looked excellent, that game. This looked, I worry about the developers of Valheim after watching this one because it just looked like a, yeah. it could be just a Valheim a killer. Va- Valheim. Yeah, because it, it, it didn't have... Did it have? Oh no, it looked, it looked like it could have had bits of like building and stuff like that. And then it had, um, I saw them playing on dragons at one point, swimming in the ocean. So what he said was, whereas No Man's Sky was procedurally generating planets, this game slowly procedurally generates Earth. And yeah. I guess it's so just one planet. Earth, so like a massive. Yeah. I'm assuming that that the, the world will be massive, and it'll, like each pla- each time you start start to finish, the world will look different. Interesting concept. Looked great. I hope I hope he makes it and doesn't run away for two years when shit hits the fan and you know all that jazz like they had with No Man's Sky. Um. After that, we got oh yeah, we got the rebirth, Final Fantasy VII rebirth theme trailer, with which, the girl singing, yeah, with the girl, with, yeah, Eric singing, and we got a, a a glimpse of Sid and Vincent, and I looked at it, and Kev, me and Kev were super excited for this, and Kev had said he was quite disappointed by the trailer because we didn't get a whole lot, and I said, look, Kev, I guarantee you, Square Enix are gonna like ten minutes after this, they'll release the full trailer, which will have like dialogue or whatever, 
and we watched the rest of the game show and Kev said oh my god you know you're right there and they've released a full trailer we put on the TV excellent trailer and I'm putting it down right here because Craig already messaged us on, on the on the chat this morning he was like I've seen the Final Fantasy trailer there's definitely another episode of that trailer alone so yeah me Kev and Craig I'm sure the dream team for Final Fantasy talk will be getting together to do a, a thing on that trailer loads more again lots of questions to be answered a great trailer yeah that's, yeah, that's fine I don't know. I still think Final Fantasy VII should have ended with the <laughs> the original. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and there's a lot of people that are good, but I'm enjoying this this roller coaster ride of uh, will they, won't they? Right, who, who is, okay. you know, who, what's going to happen? Uh, then at the least kind of, you got to see gameplay of your big anticipated game. Yeah, because we're going to go on to Stormgate now, and you were quite well, disappointed. No, well, by it. Okay, yeah, I was disappointed by that, but I mean, we didn't get any Elden Ring at all. No, no Elden Ring. Not yeah. a single, not a single bit. Um, and I suppose when we finish, when we go through these, we'll talk about the things that we're missing or we're lacking. But uh, Stormgate came out. You were seemed pretty excited. You were a bit disappointed by. I was stoked because I too much. I, I signed up for uh, their newsletter ages ago when I found out about them. Um, also hoping to get into like beta tests and stuff and got a big email from them. Just like tune into the game awards. We're going to be showcasing new gameplay, blah, blah, blah. We're launching a Kickstarter campaign and just a huge list of like, this is what's coming. This is what's happening. We're in the works. We're getting there. Just watch the gameplay at the game awards. So I got stoked. I was like, Oh my God, they might even, I don't know what happens behind the scenes there, but like people might actually get, be getting play tests yeah. and stuff like that, yeah, which yeah. they have been actually a lot of streamers, have so I wanted had more the content. I was like, surely there's got to be something else. Out and there. it looked, it looked, it looked good. But I just, as a person who who isn't getting super excited about it, but understanding, you know, that these are the guys behind countless other great games, like you know, uh, yeah, uh, Starcraft team, Warcraft team, Age of Empires, Command and Conquer, like all the old industry vets yeah. of RTS, because it is pretty much a, a dead genre. Yeah, unfortunately. But I saw it and I said, because interesting on, on the, the little retro handheld thing that Luke was uh, showing me and I bought one of my own. I was on the plane, I was in London last weekend and on the plane back I was playing Command and Conquer Red Alert and this Game Boy thing and I was like, man, I miss the, I really miss these kind of these kind of games. But it looked good. It's kind of, it kind of has like a futuristic um, glow up kind of Command and Conquer vibe to it from the small short clips yeah. that we saw. But yeah, there wasn't a whole lot there. You can definitely see they're leaning more in towards the, because uh, it's going to be a free to play game. So they're really leaning into they want this like a huge online community. I don't think they'll, uh, they did mention something about a campaign, but that, that's, I think that's an afterthought. Like the okay. whole primary focus is going to be yeah. playing against making a competitive game, Yeah, which RTS should be. But yeah, you can see like both sides and just like striking red and striking blue. Like yeah. they're, they're really leaning into I'm looking forward um, to this. a difference and like making it competitive. And, yeah. Yeah, and then we kind of second to last announcement was our Final Fantasy 16 got some DLC, and not only to get DLC, the first it got two bits of DLC, and the first one called Echoes of the Fallen. It was, it was available at that moment, so straight after the show you could download yeah. Final Fantasy 16 DLC. Unfortunately, I gave it a lend to not Luke on the podcast, but a mate of mine uh, in work uh, called Luke. I, I gave my Final Fantasy 16 lend to him, and I think he's mm. close to finishing it. And I'm kind of like, you listen, only had a digital copy. You know, hey, you Chris, just said no, right Chris, there. I am. You know, we're gonna that, that'll be a, an episode probably for the new year but like we've seen we've seen some yeah we've seen some shit recently <laughs> yeah. where like you know the whole physical copy of shit you know 
could be pretty important and you know yeah. a need to come back um but no i'm very excited about uh, 16 i loved i was kind of holding off and waiting for a, a good time to go back and do my hard playthrough and now seeing that they've got two dlcs coming out one in spring 2024 one's available now uh it would get me excited to go back in and play the game on hard and go through, through some dlc great game uh class great that this dlc i don't know if it's free or not. i don't know if you got to pay for it i'm assuming it is just added content that i mean that didn't give prices or anything like that, but we'll wait and see. One of them is available anyway now. I think if they intended on making it free, they would have announced said, that. Yeah, they free DLC. That yeah, that's true. a big driving point. They yeah. wouldn't be like, oh, this, this, and this. And by the way, you have to pay this. Because another reason is, depending on where you're watching, like the price is going to be, It'd be different. different right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So they would have said free if it was free. So I guess I'll have to pay for that, but I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and then we got on to our final announcement, which, you know, and you would see in the leaks, you'd seen the Capcom leaks, so you always knew. I knew this was happening. You always I tried to elude it. It was like, wouldn't it be wild if they... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it only, so only dawned done on me, like, uh, you know, afterwards I was like, fuck, okay, Chris was like, you know, yeah. talking about it the whole time. So Capcom, apparently all of the Capcom announcements got leaked, which included a Monster Hunter Wilds uh, announcement leak. And of course, myself and Kev and Andrew, one of our, and, and Craig, one of our most anticipated games at the minute aside from Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth is the new console iteration full console not say this which is the console but next generation version of Monster Hunter and the final announcement of the show was Monster Hunter Wilds which broke my heart I'm glad we got it but there was all of this talk about the Capcom we did it in the news episodes you know two months back where Capcom had announced an unannounced game will be released before the end of the financial quarter which means before the end of March and you know it's going to make X amount you know it's going to sell so many millions of copies and everyone was kind of saying well that's only going to be Resident Evil or Monster Hunter and lo and behold we get a big old Dragon Dogma you know Dragon's Dogma 2 drop which no one really kind of expected and said oh that's obviously the game and Monster Hunter Wilds has been pegged for a 2025 release and I was hoping I'd be playing it next March. So I'm I devastated. Be, uh, well, I'm probably not by next March, but they could do. I could see Capcom start doing early access on like PC, which would be pretty sweet. Oh yeah, Mr. Mr. Steam Deck PC player yeah. over there. Yeah, you know, Capcom is. They've announced that they're a PC first company now. Did they? Yep. We well, I suppose yeah, yeah. It that, just makes sense, I yeah. think, for development because I imagine the turnover rate for like uh, the cycle for coding patching. Uh, implementing bug fixes to QA and like testing and all that must be quicker when because you're obviously developing on a computer so getting it to a testable state on a computer must be a lot quicker than getting it into a testable state on a console there's yeah got to yeah. trim out a few steps absolutely so, so it looked good and um, it was kind of look, looks like it's it's kind of extra open world judging by the trailer uh, the, it definitely didn't look as good as I was expecting it to, but it is still two years away from release. This is probably a very early kind of look at the game. Um, mounts. Mounts, yeah, from, from Rise, from Monster Hunter Rise. So yeah, delighted we got it. Uh, I think, you know, in terms of, I mean, like it was a great a great deal of announcements. Those are all the ones I think that, that were announced, excluding anything that, that came in the adverts. But um, I think talking about things that we were hoping for but didn't get, um, from my perspective, I was hoping for a look at something Kingdom Hearts 4 which was a long shot, didn't get it. Uh, Kev was very excited and hopeful for a Final Fantasy IX remake um, kind yeah. of update. Anything that you feel you wished was there uh, Yeah, wasn't? yeah, I kind of feel like I got robbed on a few, like uh, Elden Ring. Like, oh, I mean, the Elden Ring DLC, coming, of course, but, no update at all. Nothing. But I mean, yeah, Miyazaki's whole MMO is just cryptic as fuck, so yeah, doesn't surprise me. You know, I'd be surprised if we get anything more than a single picture before it's actually released. 
Um, but also maybe an announcement of because that's just DLC and From Software has a, still has a bigger team. Be nice to some sort of teaser at like what else they got in progress on the back burner yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. Bloodborne too would have been fucking, oh, fucking amazing. amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, there was some good announcement there, but I think across the whole, you and me were kind of saying before we sat down to record this, that... What I'm just tired, like, even the Monster Hunter, right? Like, we knew it was going to happen. Like, we know they're not abandoning the Monster Hunter franchise. We know we're due yeah. for a new one. I'd rather not get a 30, or not even a 30 second, a 10 second clip, and then saying, okay, it's out in two years. Yeah. Like, fuck off. That just was, and just that, don't tell me anything. And, and, yeah, exactly. And that was disappointing for me. That's what I mean, is that I always prepared that there was no Monster Hunter announcement because when it came up on screen, I was like, holy, yeah. here we go. Especially when I see you guys and you're like, you God of War fans, and you're just like, hey, look at this new DLC. It's free. It's out fucking tonight. What? Yeah. Where's my, yeah. <laughs> where's my win? <laughs> I yeah. want stuff. Oh, that is a pity you didn't get much. <laughs> and we, so that's kind of like a whole re- recap of the, the, the game awards. I think, yeah, based on kind of what we, what the list of things that we have here, and looking at them, uh, I think we'll probably get a few few of us on to an episode of, of our most anticipated games kind of in 2024 uh, before we hit the new year. Um, there'll be no post-show this week because myself and Chris are absolutely exhausted. Um, and, uh, you know, it's already dark out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I got to go back to bed again. Uh, yeah, so there'll be two episodes, two, two post-shows of the Battle Royale uh, series being uh, released next week. We're going to do the quarterfinal and semifinal next week, leaving the final to close to Christmas. And um, listen, Chris, thanks so much for for joining the episode. Not a problem. Um, and to our listeners, th- like you know, th- this is you know the Game Awards episode is kind of our our year anniversary. The first episode that we did on the on the, on the po- podcast was the Game Awards 2022. So if you've been there listening since 2022, and you're here listening to the Video Game Awards recap 2023, listen, thanks for sticking around. We appreciate you and your continued uh, support. Um, if you're not on the Patreon, there's loads of extra content there. Check it out at patreon.com forward slash to get the gaming for loads more extra content at the cost of a coffee a month. You'll love it. We love it. It's great. Um, Chris, until next time, thank you so much for sticking around. And to our listeners, as always and forever, keep enjoying the gift that is gaming. Peace out.